Dave Brock. How you doing, sir? Good, Matt. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. A lot of people don't know that you were a history professor yeah. this past Tuesday. Was it historic? It was absolutely historic, especially in this state and what we've gone through over the period of the last decade. It has been massive. It's massively historic and momentous and helps build uh, momentum moving forward. So we were couldn't be happier with the outcome on issue one in particular uh, and what it does for women and reproductive rights in this state. And, and it's just marvelous. Well, there was issue one. Plus, we had a lot of other issues on the ballot. We had a couple of races. We're going to go through all of those races, the issues in this podcast really quick to show what we're doing as a, as a party, what Dave was doing as the chair. And let's start with oh, the issues that we have, by the way, are issue one, two, five, and 38. Let's start with issue two, legalizing marijuana in the state of Ohio. Brock, we got that. Yeah, we got it. We, I mean, we were one of the first county parties or Democratic organizations in the state to endorse issue two, which I couldn't have been uh, prouder of. The, the time had come for this. The organization that was um, behind this is, was called Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol. I think that, again, the time had come. That made perfect sense. Uh, we were very happy. It got two-thirds of the vote. Yes, um, here in this county, and we did a, a decent job of, uh, I think, um, if not more than, better than decent job of getting the word out about issue two mm-hmm. and getting people to vote yes. So we were really happy about that. And, and what it does in terms of, because for too long, um, people of color, particularly black people, have been affected by marijuana offenses mm-hmm. and really unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. So just in that sense, this is a, a step forward and a symbolic victory, I think, in this state. 100%. 100 percent another issue that we had on the ballot was issue five and that was for Cuyahoga County Community College now look Cuyahoga County Community College was a is is an institution that a lot of people have taken advantage of throughout you know their careers it for the building blocks of say just you know basic um classes to fulfill you know college credits from english to math to trade schools to to trades to uh, technical to nursing and so on and so forth there are so many things that tricy does well and with that issue five they're looking for a little bit more money because of inflation Mm -hmm. because of uh, different budgeting aspects they were coming up with a little bit of a shortfall but cuyahoga county came through sir how big? Yeah, I mean, it was mostly a renewal, but there was a, a slight increase. And uh, what Tri-C does for this county and this region it can't be understated. Uh, and the way they've adapted and impacted this uh, community is really remarkable. I mean, now they're what they're doing with trades and internships um, and how students who maybe someone in their family had never gone to college, they're the first ones to go. And they take a lot of the early classes, end up with an associate's degree, and then are able to move on to something else. I mean, I mean, uh, so much of what this county has done and, and is going to do is, is reliant upon a strong Tri-C for sure. And, and honestly, you know, I, I don't know many people that didn't go or touch Tri-C throughout some kind of their uh, some part of their career. And and so what do you think that would have happened if Tri-C did not get this um bump in, in revenue. I mean, how de- devastating that could have that been for Cuyahoga County? Well, it could. I mean, like I've uh, said that there are three things I think Cuyahoga, many things Cuyahoga County and Cleveland does well, and one, uh, three of them are our libraries. Consistently, Cuyahoga County Public Library and Cleveland Public Library ranked in the top 10, 100%. if not the top one it's amazing. in the whole uh, nation. Uh, two, parks. I mean, mm-hmm. the metro parks are incredible, and they serve as a beacon for people all over the, the country. And lastly are the colleges. I mean, and Tri-C is vital to 
votes of that. Now, it was great to see 62% of voters in this county supported this, so it was a pretty overwhelming victory. Um, but we, I try not to think about the, the, the what could have beens, but in this situation, we were very happy um, because I think people realize that, that sometimes you have to put money into the game um, to have long-term benefits, so, and we certainly don't want to hurt an institution like Tri-C that does so much right. for us. So we were proud to endorse uh, yes on issue five and to see the result. Right, and I just want to just point out that uh, most people that go to Tri-C and uh, graduate from Tri-C, they end up staying in the community. They end up either mm-hmm. working or building businesses. So, right. I mean, just investing in Tri-C brings back, you know, one dollar brings back many dollars in, uh, you know, uh, yeah, multiplier benefit. effect. Absolutely, exactly. absolutely, and that's one of the really cool like um, cases. Of course, a cut case Western Reserve, a cutting edge, um, um, higher level education place. So, and there's obviously BW, John Carroll, uh, Cleveland State. They we all got some schools here, don't we? Yeah, and they're all uh, working more, more and more closely together, which is just really heartening. Oh, cool. And Tri C is at the you know at the peak of that. So I was I couldn't have been happier about that. Issue thirty. Eight was also on the ballot, and now this yep. was the what people call PB Cleed or the participatory budgeting uh, yeah. amendment. This was going to take two percent of the Cleveland budget, or about fourteen point two million dollars, and allocate it to a, a group where they can then allocate it for different projects within the yeah. community. This did not pass. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was incredibly close. Fifty-one yeah. to forty-nine. No, on thirty-eight came through. Uh, the county party did not endorse on this issue. I think I had um, not everyone had a sense of how close this. This was going to be. I, I uh, feel that I did that. It was going to be close, and indeed it was. I think thirteen or fourteen hundred votes separate the two sides. Uh, but my hats off to really to both sides. How um, hard they worked. Whether you're on one side or the other, I think. And they both sides. There was an article Cleveland.com yesterday. I think that talked about um, both sides taking credit, and, and to a certain degree they should. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people led by uh, Molly Martin, Jonathan um, Welly, and others who were involved in collecting the signatures was really remarkable what they were able to do a grassroots movement to get it on the ballot and then at the same token council members cleveland city council members who view this the way they do is that this can potentially hurt the city um they they stood up and stated their position and that probably had some impact on a lot of constituents in their wards um but uh again pb Clee did what they won a majority of the council wards but lost out on the vote so and you know the goal here is that both sides of this issue both sides of any issue in this city of cleveland uh can come together and figure out what what right. does work what can work and whether something along the lines of participatory budgeting may may in fact happen and or, or could happen and you know that's the goal is you, you get together that's why you have the elections and then you try to see if there's a way to work on this so actually that was what my, my question is like once you see the results here and you see how close it was do you think that they're going to work on something else in the future to see if that something similar could come to fruition i would think so i mean there again there was even though the the yes side was defeated i mean that was a significant number of uh, voters i think some 32 odd thousand people voted in favor and that's significant and the people who were involved in that i right. mean the Many, most if uh, most of them are certainly Cleveland residents, and I think that they shouldn't obviously be ignored. But also, can they work with council as well? I, I think I think that they sh- they should, and I think council should, and has already expressed an openness to working on things like this. So I hope my sincere hope is that everybody who was involved on both sides stays actively involved and works together to build a, a better body politic, if you will, in the city. Right, right. Issue one, the elephant in the room. Obviously, <laughs> this is this was the issue that uh, brought everybody out for the most part, um, and something that's the county party 
the states, actually everybody in the the nation has been working on for decades. And this Mm -hmm. in Ohio showed up in in a big way. Can you talk about this election a little bit, sir? Well, this was the big, I mean, this was the big one, obviously, right. the brass ring. And um, issue one uh, got 75, almost 75% of the vote in Cuyahoga County. That's the most in the state, right? That is the most in the state, yeah, by several percentage points. So wow. we were we were oh, thrilled. And it was uh, election night, I, I think relatively early, around 9 or 9.15. And we had a lot of people here at headquarters. We had the screen on. Um, but to see people in tears, literally in tears, with tears streaming down their face, that we codified uh, abortion rights, that we codified reproductive freedom, that we codified women's rights and equality in our Constitution was a momentous step. So, I mean, we could not have been any happier about um, that. And, and there was like, uh, and, and look, people say like, Cuyahoga County is a blue county and mm-hmm. Franklin and Hamilton, but yeah. this wasn't just blue counties. We're talking yeah. about Geauga County yeah. voted yes for this. We're yeah. talking about Medina County yes. voting yes for this. This was almost Erie, ubiqu- Erie County. I mean, there's, yeah, there's several, many of them. Delaware down near Columbus. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. This, this is huge. What did the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party do in preparation for for this election for this issue yeah well i mean this was basically our organizing um principle was around this right the right to an abortion and we started in march with our first strategy session then we started collecting the signatures to get this on the ballot and we succeeded beyond anyone's um wildest dreams in getting uh, twenty four thousand people just as a county party um to sign this in in our county in our county i think doubled the next closest county in terms of just the most signatures and our county party got almost three times more wow. than any other county party so we did uh that then of course the um reactionaries in the in the state house put something on the ballot to um raise the threshold for passing an initiative like this to 60 percent mm-hmm. and so then that became our organizing principle for the next several months after we submitted the petitions and we defeated that uh, by 77 to 23 in this county so also overwhelming and then we did we had to work on this so it, it, it's interesting since I've become chair in the 15 or so months since I've been chair, this was our fourth election, um, <laughs> which is kind of unusual to have uh, two August elections, two November elections. Yeah. So, um, But we did all of that. Uh, that was just the lead up to it. Um, but more specifically, I think things that the county party did included um, – so we ended up doing close to 100,000 postcards between b- between August special election and November. Mm-hmm. We did um, 30,000 leading up to August uh, 8th and then leading up to issue one here this November. We actually doubled that and mailed out literally over 60,000 postcards mm-hmm. um, from all sorts of groups and to, and to targeted, you know, it wasn't just fun. We just tried to target the voters that we were sending them to. Um, so that was huge. Um, we probably, between August in November also sent out about 200,000 text messages. Wow. And for the November election, the week before, we did start running social media ads, which had massive. I mean, I was really surprised with the number of likes and interactions. Not all of them were likes, I suppose, but uh, you know how it works on social media. But that 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 was, I think, helpful. We had really great designs um, of some of our artwork, artwork and our lit and things of that nature. So I think that that helped. We also had... Um, I mean, over a thousand volunteers between August and November, and people who had never been involved in really organized 
political party activities were here. I mean, it was really remarkable to see. You know, I, I came down to uh, party headquarters quite a bit uh, during that yeah. time, and I just saw volunteers on volunteers, either people coming mm-hmm. in to grab signs, people coming in to grab postcards, people right. coming in to put signs together, deliver, yeah. things like that. Can you just touch on how much the grassroots made a big difference in this race oh gosh in both august and november and much of this wouldn't have been possible um you know people uh, there's still people i'll come in one day and there's someone i've never met before and he or she is putting signs together and or delivering things or going down to columbus to pick up things um it it just simply couldn't have been done and i was so happy and we want them to remain involved moving forward and if we keep adding volunteers and adding volunteers uh, you know all of a sudden you become an army and that army can have significant impact on what happens in the state elections there there are other elections around the county um we're going to touch on those in a little bit but i you know i have a i have a burning question about this because look the narrative has been is like there's going to be a like last time 2022 there was gonna be a red wave yeah didn't happen before that uh trump's gonna trounce biden didn't happen and you know what in this election again everybody's saying that you know what was saying you know the narrative was out there that this is going to fail and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth it didn't and we saw not only statewide but we saw around the country that democrats really have momentum and support Mm -hmm. what do you think this night tells us about what we can expect in 2024 well yeah i mean a lot your point is incredibly valid donald trump uh, only won one race uh, in 2016, and he lost the popular vote by a significant margin, um, and he has lost everything since. Um, so Democrats have used him, of course, to campaign hard, but it's also just the fear that the average uh, American sees that he is not just a fearmonger, but also incompetent. I mean, he accomplished nothing as president that could be worthwhile. Um, but yeah, I think the media also sometimes gets caught up in these things. We were told about a red, red wave in 2022, which didn't happen, as you're talking about about uh, 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 President Biden trounced him in the 2020 um, election. And then this past uh, Tuesday here in this state, as well as in other states like um, Kentucky, I mean, to see Governor Bashir in a deeply red state uh, win by about five points in, in that's significant. And part of what he did was he used abortion as an issue. And I, and, and the one thing I, I think that people here and elsewhere, even Democrats, some Democrats um, are wary of is the abortion issue. Well, it's, you know, I don't, it might hurt me. It may do this or that. Abortion is an absolute, the issue, the political issue of abortion is an absolute winner for Democrats. Right. And I think just because we passed it here in Ohio, doesn't mean it's going to go away. We never know what could happen with the U.S. Supreme Court, with Congress. We need to make, Make um, reproductive rights and abortion uh, legal na- nationwide, and we can still run on that that issue like Andy Bashir did down in Kentucky. You know, Bashir is actually a really interesting thing that you brought up. You said that you won by five points in a red state. Uh, Ohio is considered a red straight state. Yeah. I I still think it's a purple state. We're just yeah. gerrymandered all, all to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but. What do you think that says for Sherrod Brown's uh, 2024 Senate race? I think if Andy Bashir can win in Kentucky, then Sherrod Brown sure as hell can win in Ohio. And that's um, his race, again, is now has even bigger implications because Senator Joe Manchin in West Virginia announced yesterday he's not going to run. So we in Ohio have to elect Sherrod not just because he's good for Ohio and good for our residents, but we have to elect him for America. Mm. And what we've seen, the ability to organize, and I said this back in May when the <clears throat> House... Uh, Again, the reactionaries in the Ohio House put um, August 8th issue one on the ballot. I said giving the uh, 
opposition who has been defeated in most elections over the past decade, another reason to organize and get better at this is this huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have learned so much after August and November to help that will help us with uh, reelecting Sherrod Brown as well as our Supreme Court candidates statewide next year. So uh, I think Sherrod Brown benefits greatly from what we saw Tuesday. And, and Sherrod Brown's race is even more important than it used to be because Joe Manson is not going to run again. Yeah, uh, West Virginia is pro- out deep red state mm-hmm. probably going to get a republican in there so holding these seats is crucial right across the board so um yeah if bashir can can do it then obviously we think sherry can do it mm-hmm. how, how is the C, how is the ccdp uh the the democratic party the Cuyahoga county democratic party going to use this momentum to uh push into 2024 you, you what, what's your what's yeah. your what's your plans well there is all right so we've got the march primary coming up and the, again the unfortunate referencing four elections in like 15 or so months um the difficulty has been in any sustained strategy in terms of engaging voters outside of an election getting time between elections to plan would be nice right yeah (laughs) and we only have um you know four months now until the march primary right and we'll see if there are you know how that shakes out but after march i think that uh, between um march late march and november uh two-pronged strategy really and they'll, they'll be on dual tracks but not always intersecting is the idea of focusing on the city of cleveland and uh, making contact with voters consistently and repeatedly in the city of Cleveland who don't always vote um, because we have many who are registered in the city of Cleveland but um, who don't vote and we want to reach out to them and consistently again not just once or twice and not just in September or October find out what matters to them what makes them vote Democratic what concerns they may have about the Democratic Party um, and that is uh, really all sides of Cleveland of course the east side um, but also the part to the west side too that we want to do that and then the other strategy is a little bit different blue collar suburbs like parma and brook park parma by the way voted 63 percent this past tuesday yes on issue one so they are behind mm-hmm. it shows you the strength of this issue um, both as an organizing principle and a party principle is that um, abortion rights are important so um the that that's it we've got to get the message to blue collar suburbs like parma Brook Park, um, places like Warrensville Heights, even as well as um, the city of Cleveland, and that's and there's going to be different ways to do that, but that's our that's that's what's driving us next year. There is something else that's on my on my mind about this is that sometimes, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but we but you can look at the board of elections and you can see um, yes no votes no no votes, but you yeah. could also see where people did not vote in certain races. Mm-hmm. So like they would say like I'm going to vote for say I don't know. Let's just call it president, Congress, but I'll skip over like maybe a local election. Uh, how do you plan to get people to vote in all races? Because if you're not voting in certain races, those races could be equally as important, and people just don't come out. And is right. that like a, is it is it an education thing? Is it is it a voter awareness? Is it a candidate thing? Like how would you mm-hmm. look at that? Well, one of the things we still have to do is a real deep dive on some of the data and who didn't vote, or and also just as importantly, who did vote, right? Um, and who was driven to to come out and vote for issue one. And, and I want to make that clear that left. when you're saying who, who didn't vote and who did vote, we're not looking at individual people. We're just saying how they voted in, in what ballots. Not it's like you can't see like 
Dave voted for who? No, you can't see their name. No, no, no. You certainly don't know that. But you do know, I think, that if a um, female, right, in a particular area of the county voted for the first time ever, mm-hmm. um, we can, you know, we do make assumptions, uh, right, educated right. assumptions. That's something. But it is, of course, difficult. There are sexy races, right? It's why presidential years, right. you now it's sexy. But the reality is your council member or your municipal judge often has a greater impact on your day-to-day life. Right. We want to remind them. And we, when I say we're going to do a deeper dive, I mean also what did this candidate do in this suburb that worked mm-hmm. and what didn't work and then what worked in Cleveland and what didn't work. Um, so, for example, Cleveland, we were incredibly successful with our Cleveland-wide sample ballot. Um, the Democrats that we endorsed in those races, some of them were running against Republicans. Um, did incredibly well compared to the you know, several of them ran six years ago and had very close races six years ago and this time blowouts. Um, so that was a, a step in the right direction. We knew what we were doing because Cleveland's big enough for the party to to sort of be the one who brings all that together. Right. Um, but also we have an incredible operation that we started last year that we borrowed from uh, uh, Chris Glassman, the councilman in North Olmsted, and expanded upon. And it involves on election day, no matter where you are, and, and we need more people to buy in on this, but um, no matter what polling place you're at, there's Democrats there. So even right. if you're in a Republican suburb, if you have <clears> – <throat> Something like this, and I brought props, man. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> so if you have this, um, if you see this on election day and you're a Democrat, you go to this person, you get the sample ballot that has all the Democrats in your at your polling place on it, and you vote for them. And right. this is how you defeat Republicans. It's certainly, I mean, Brian Mooney last year was elected um, you know, by a hair's breadth um, to uh, Common Pleas Court um, and others. And this, this happens, of course, uh, to work very well. So we need people to understand that this helps. Even if you're in Valley View or Independence, which are more Republican, right. there's still going to be Democrats there who need, who we want them to vote for our candidates. Man, you're talking about all these cities around Cuyahoga County. Uh, there's a lot of races that we need to touch on really, really quick before yep. we end up. Uh, th- Beachwood, Brook Park, Fairview, Fairview Park. A lot of good Democrats won in all of those cities. Can you can you go through some of those races? Yeah, we had some great um, and, and important uh, elections that took place last Tuesday, and some of them were um, closer than others, and some of them we knew were going to be closer. So Beachwood was one where there was a slate of four uh, Democrats running. Three of those four were endorsed uh, yep. by the party, but they were running. Uh, they won very close, hard-fought races over there. Uh, they won uh, in Brook Park. The two top vote getters for their city council were both Democrats. Mm-hmm. One, an incumbent, Brian Poindexter, and then Tom DeFore, our friend, yep. um, was elected. He ran two years ago, and they knocked off um, an independent uh, who leans more to the right. So we were real and, 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 should, about that. And incumbent as well. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, an incumbent. Yeah, they knocked off an incumbent independent who leans to the right. So we could not have been happier, and they worked, right. they worked their tails off. So that was great. Fairview Park, um, the council president, Michael Kilbane, was in a tough rate, race with the reactionary. He won. Troy Greenfield, um, who ran for state house last year, got elected overwhelmingly. Kimberly Mann, um, places like that. Parma Ward 8, um, we had some concerns. That was a four-way race, and a woman, Amanda Boyd, running for the first time ever. Uh 
to take over an incumbent seat, Linda Kohar, one of the greatest volunteers in the whole county, was True. moving right <laughs> was moving to school board in a very tight race that she won, and Amanda Boyd came through in Parma Ward Eight. And then we also have like um, longer term incumbents who had opponents, and you're always worried. So like Councilwoman Cassandra Nelson in, in Richmond Heights, she won a, 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 overwhelmingly. Mm-hmm. Mayor Michael Booker, uh, Highland Hills, uh, Megan George, who four years ago won by about two tenths of a point in a very competitive race she won with um, almost 86 percent of the vote so um yeah all over the county we had um, a lot of successes and and some failures that we want to build on and learn what worked and what didn't work and so congratulations to all the candidates that Mm -hmm. ran won if you didn't win just running is a big thing i know i i ran a race myself and it sucks when you don't win yeah but putting in the work laying that brick for the next race to go into the next uh, election cycle is huge and i think that a lot of uh, candidates that run races and lose don't get the credit for setting that brick in there and that's something i talked to uh, mm-hmm. uh phil robinson about during his podcast yeah. about how to turn a uh, red district blue yeah. is that he says look if you run you set up and you run as a democrat in a republican district or anywhere or, mm-hmm. or for whatever you believe in you set that brick and the next person could lay another brick and that could be a yeah. road to a win in the future if it's not the next 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 election it could be the election after that so and the last thing i just want to ask you about is is, is volunteering look we talked about touched on the volunteers and how important it was for issue one uh, this place was packed for mm-hmm. months with volunteers yeah, no. and a lot of people just don't know how to volunteer and one thing i found out is you just start showing up you ask and that's start true. Sh- showing <laughs> up true, yeah. how could people get involved uh, coming into this you know this uh the primary and then going into 2024 well yeah you're absolutely right even on election day i was here for several hours and we had people walk in and say i want to knock doors today so we'd have to come up with a list or i want to go stand at a poll so i'd you know i had a whole spreadsheet on on polling places um and we would send them out or people will randomly email myself or our executive director carolyn eisenhardt who busted her tail as well um, throughout this process and yeah you can always just go to our website cuidem.com there is a volunteer link button right there um because that's the, that's the lifeblood of politics and the the cool thing is there's entree entrees if you will to becoming a volunteer and that may be showing up at a canvas and the next thing you know you're showing up at a third canvas and, and just and yeah. just to go through like different ways people can volunteer because i think again uh, something that you if you're not involved you don't know what to do so there's yeah. there's canvassing which is knocking yeah. doors there is writing postcards there's yeah. text messaging there's making phone calls there's putting yeah. together signs there's delivering yeah. signs there's yeah. standing at the polls handing out sa- sta- sample ballots yeah. am i missing anything there is, there, yeah. I mean, there's not. Is there's not. There, we can't have too many volunteers, right? Um, <laughs> and that's because there's always more to do. So what I'm trying yeah, to say is yeah. that there's there, there is something for everybody out there. There's people. If people are good at data, we've had a number of great data volunteers. Mm. Not everyone loves knocking on doors. Not everyone physically can, so they can write um, the postcards or they can make phone calls to people because that's one of the things we're going to be doing is hyper targeted contacts between volunteers we're going to need a ton of volunteers in 2024 to do what we want and that is holding conversations with voters who don't always vote right and that is going to like we may there's a number of ways to do that we may assign every volunteer 35 
residents of a low turnout area and have them reach out to those people for the period of the next 11 and a half months right, right. um and see what they say or there's so there's yeah there's anyone anyone can help and we'll, we will accept anyone's help and ideas i mean one of the great things is i get all kinds of ideas um dave we should do this or mm-hmm. well i think we should do this so, so and many of them are which is how we made this podcast <laughs> it is exactly how we made this podcast that's right that's exactly right and um some of the ideas run from the uh you know hilarious to the ridiculous um but i want them all because you never know where the the ge- you know the gem is and i'm not one who needs all the credit for everything that happens or uh, could really care less if if we have success it's it's all of us right, right. um and that's what i was saying is that this has been the past 9 months has been an absolute team driven process with some of these volunteers who had never been involved before didn't even know they could get involved right so it's been remarkable congratulations on the success of tuesday it was yeah. it was a success across the board it was a success for the nation the nation looked at ohio and saw yeah. not one news agency did not have ohio in the know, name on wednesday and thursday know, and friday yeah. mm-hmm. so um congratulations to the party congratulations to yourself and Thanks. we'll see you in the mid or what is it the primaries yep see you in march <laughs> yeah right on <laughs> thanks man appreciate it